Welcome everybody to The Secret Podcast. This is going to be a special episode, so I want everybody to turn off their lights, take off some clothes, and prepare to spend an evening with Bradley Hodges. Was that was that a good intro? Some of you who are out there in, in in listener land may not know who Bradley is. Bradley has not been around as long as a lot of us. He's not been around as long in, in the secret as long as I have, or as long as you know Brian Zen has. Definitely hasn't been in the secret as long as Matt Sparks has. Uh, but Bradley, even though he hasn't hasn't been around very long, he's become sort of an integral part of the secret and the podcast. He's become a very, very, very close friend of mine. Um, recently, we had a thing where one of the viewers came on and interviewed me so that people could get to know me a little better, I guess. And I thought it would be a good idea to do the same for Bradley. So, Bradley, this is your your evening with interview. Well, thank you all for taking an intimate moment to have a seat with me and share this special time together. You got your candles lit, Bradley? I've got my candles lit. I've got my crystals aligned. I've got my rose petals laid out. I'm ready. <laughs> so there's something that I really like about you, man. Um, everybody in the podcast sort of has their own little their, their own little public role, right? Um, and you have always been very community driven and very like you you try to bring people together and be just as as positive and as helpful and as friendly as possible. Um, which is, has always been great. The community loves that. It's always been super appreciative. Um, have you always sort of had that mentality online? Mm, depends on the community, I think. Um, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really have a strong online presence. I mean, I don't have a Reddit account. Um, I don't really use Twitter. Um, I don't really use instagram um i have when when there's something i need to check on instagram i have to call my wife in the room and have her show me how (laughs) to get to it um so yeah i mean i've always been like the nice dude uh so i guess there's that um but that niceness only comes until it's uh i'm given a reason not to be and then i'm very good at not being nice as well Um, i've noticed that lately so there's that too um so i'm nice until i'm given a reason not to be so so tell me how did how did you get into the secret since you you haven't been around as long as the rest of us you you, i I i'm assuming you didn't just sort of happen upon it uh how'd you get into the secret uh so i am an eu baby um i think i've said that a few times on the podcast uh my wife and i love josh gage's show um it's it's it just always very entertaining um, always well put together and I love puzzles. Um, I love anything that challenges me to think, um, in a different way, uh, and try to solve something. Uh, it's always been fun for me. I mean, I can remember as far back as I can in like elementary school, like that was my thing was, you know, if I can figure out how to make learning a puzzle, I was far more interested. Um, so we were watching this episode and you could ask my wife, I, I lit up like a giddy little child and, it's like, this is right up my alley. I've got to get into this. And uh, we went to our local bookstore and ordered a copy of the book. Um, and uh, we're highly disappointed when we got it because I was like, I can't see crap in these pictures. And um, 
what's really cool is uh i mean we we got we got into it um pretty pretty hard and heavy quickly we planned our vacation around uh the roanoke puzzle uh we decided we we're going to take a vacation to um uh, we went to a few historical sites that we like to visit uh, because we're really into visiting uh, and learning about uh you know, different cultures, um, our own culture and, you know, where it came from. So it kind of aligns with the, with how the puzzles, uh, are organized, uh, with this, you know, particular hunt. Um, so it, you know, it's right up our alley as far as history goes as well. And so we planned a trip, um, up through Virginia, uh, to a couple interesting places. We ended up coming down Virginia beach and staying, um, right across the sound, uh, from Roanoke Island. And, uh, it was really funny. Um, my wife <laughs> was playing it down how interested she was the whole time. And then we got there and we started kind of putting our ideas together. We actually filmed a video of our adventures and I posted it on the Facebook page when I was, and uh, this was, you know, way back when I was just a member of the group. Um, you know, I wasn't uh, on the podcast. I was uh, brand new to the podcast, just listening to it. I didn't know it existed. I found it during this trip. And, um, I was like, you know, it'd be really helpful is if we did this video and showed everybody, you know, what's around here. So we did like a video of us driving with the Wright Brothers Memorial and then a video of us driving around uh, Fort Raleigh and then uh, came up with our idea. And uh, our first idea was the Watergate. Um, and when we got to the Watergates, we we're like, everything comes together. It's got to be here. And the Watergate had literally fallen off uh, its foundation or whatever you want to call it um, onto the beach. About two weeks earlier, uh, that's what the the officials at the um, at the Elizabethan Gardens advised us. Um, they're like, you know, two weeks ago uh, we had this huge storm. There was all this erosion, and it just fell over. And we're just going to let it fall into the um, into the ocean. We're not going to do anything about it. So it was roped off, um, and it was a five foot drop on either side. And so I told my wife, I was like, you know, these things are buried like three feet. Uh, so. You know, if it's there, it's got to be, it's either gone or it's like inches behind what we can actually see. Um, so my wife allegedly reached out and grabbed a brick <laughs> um, and pulled one out because there, there, there was, you know, brick in the soil and then pulled out another and then allegedly pulled out another and then just started just going at this hill um, and just <laughs> pulling out as much dirt as she possibly could. Um, obviously we didn't find anything, but it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a great time and, uh, that's a long answer to a short question. So let me ask you this. Uh, you said you're a big fan of Josh Gates, right? You said you're a big fan of Expedition Unknown. Did any other shows sort of draw you in the way The Secret did? Did you, or were you interested in any of his other adventures or puzzles that he's worked on? Um, I, <sighs> we've always found it entertaining and we've marked uh, man, I'd really like to visit that location or man, that seems like a really interesting place, but the items he was searching for, not really. Um, they, they didn't really, cause they weren't puzzles per se. I mean, yeah, there's an air of mystery about it. Um, but it wasn't, you know, a problem or a puzzle to be solved to figure out where it was. It, you know, you know, I mean, obviously with the secret luck is, is a key uh, part of finding these we found out. Uh, but, you know, the things that he searched for and the adventures he went on weren't necessarily something you can sit down and research and work out and use logic to solve per se. So no, I mean, while we thoroughly enjoyed them, none of the shows um, drew us in or drew me in um, and then vicariously my wife in uh, as much as this did. I mean, I, I legit got so excited 
um i was like a kid on christmas morning like i, I went to work the next day and told everybody about it uh, I, one of my um, employees bought the book and i was like dude we're gonna find this he's like yeah it's gonna be awesome um his passion for it didn't last nearly as long but that's okay and so so the answer to your question is no um but yes absolutely loved the show loved all the episodes uh that we've that we've enjoyed and there's there's been certain geographical places i mean that landscape is amazing we have to go there but um no none of the none of the i, I haven't wanted to go find anything he's looked for so let me ask you this out of all the episodes that you've seen um this one sort of drew you in and it's kept you locked in for several years now what's different about what was different about the episode about the secret like what what drew you in number one and then what what kept you um what kept you engaged um i mean it's my decade um i'm an 80s baby um so you know when he hops in that camaro i'm like i rock yes um you know i mean i felt it i was like that's awesome i'd love to be sitting in that car uh, i mean what one of my favorite childhood memories is uh, riding in a car with this dude who I thought was like the coolest man on the planet. And um, we were uh, actually going to church and he picked me up for youth group and he picked me up in his uh, Camaro and uh, had uh, the T-tops and uh, <laughs> we had this um, railroad crossing um, at the end of the road that my house was off of. And on the other, it was like a hill up to the railroad crossing and then the other side, it just immediately dropped off, um, and there was a huge intersection, like four-lane intersection on the other side. Well, he'd never been on this road, so he had no idea. But he thought he was going to show off, so he gasses it and jumps this uh, railroad <laughs> track. And, of course, he immediately realizes what he's done once he's in the air over the railroad track. So he slams on the brakes in the middle of the air, um, totally screws up the front end of his car, uh, but it was a blast. And, um, I mean, every, everything about just, you know, that decade, I absolutely love. Um, I love the music. I love the cars. I love, I've had an 83, uh, Chevy pickup truck. That is just my favorite vehicle on the planet. Um, so, I mean, the era, the, 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 the time period itself drew me in, but this is, I think the, the number one thing, and I think this can be said for a lot of people is that it feels achievable. Um, yeah. I don't see myself, you know, going to search for, you know, the burial site of, um, you know, uh, who, 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 who was it that he searched like for? Genghis Khan or that's whatever. who I was trying to think of. Yeah. I don't see myself looking for the burial site of Genghis Khan, but I see myself visiting different cities in the United States, having a blast doing it and being able to figure one of these out. So I think it's a, yeah it's achievable is one of the biggest things. And this story, the story behind it, it's not just a puzzle. It's the story behind the puzzle that is just really intriguing as well. I mean, the fact that the puzzle master lost his life so young and so tragically, it took everything with him. Mm-hmm. So no one knows. I mean, yeah, some people have ideas, but no one really knows. And just that adds a whole new level of man. This this should be a movie. There, yeah. I would I would love to see this movie. Um, so yeah, it's achievable. I love puzzles. I love that decade and just the story behind the puzzle. I think are the yeah. main elements. And what's kind of awesome, I guess, is the story that you were talking about behind the puzzle. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. It doesn't stop with Byron dying, right? Like right. the good thing about it was it was done by all of his friends, so everybody sort of everybody stays secretive about it. There's this mystique because nobody wants to talk, you know. 
everybody just wants to honor his memory. I know this was coined by um, by EU uh, when they gave uh, Josh his uh, our um, crew at his um, his gym, but it is it's like a secret society, and you want to be part of the secret society so bad. Uh, you know, I want one of those pins. I don't just want to buy one. I want to earn one. So there's one thing that I love about you and your wife. Um, who, who, who your wife's name is Laura, and she is an amazing person, probably the better of you two. No question about honest. that. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that I love about you guys is every time I come over to your house or every time we talk, there's some new adventure, right? I remember the first time, like, you guys are adorable. I remember the first time I went to your house, there were post-it notes everywhere because you guys leave, <laughs> like, little love notes to each other <laughs> yeah. everywhere in your house. And then, like, now when I go to your house, I sleep in this room that... For those of you that don't know Bradley, he is obsessed with Raggedy Ann and Andy. So you go in this room and there's an entire wall of Raggedy Ann and Andy, and he expects you to sleep in this room with these creepy dolls. But uh, so the notes that used to be all over the house, if I remember correctly, they've moved to a mirror in the creepy doll room. Like it's it, it, everything about Bradley and Laura is adorable. Uh, and they, they, they go on these adventures together. And they like, if you follow him on Facebook, uh, they just post, he just posts random pictures of them, like at the top of a mountain or, uh, some waterfall. Like, I love the fact that you guys just go on adventures as a couple. So how, has the has the secret helped with that i know you guys went to roanoke the one time what 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 else is the secret given to your relationship besides frustration and and, and <laughs> hatred <laughs> so uh so my wife lovingly refers to george as my other wife uh so whenever i'm not paying attention to her and i'm on my phone she's asked are you talking to your other wife um <laughs> so um I mean, yeah, absolutely. We it's it's brought a lot of adventures our way. My wife. Um, so first of all, let me let me correct something. So the Raggedy Ann collection uh, is is my wife's collection. Now we both have very collecting personalities. Um, so uh, I have quite the collection myself, um, uh, but I have a collection of Doom uh, paraphernalia. Um, I'm a big fan of the Doom franchise. It's how my dad and I connected whenever I was a child. Um, and so I have a huge collection of doom items and she helps facilitate that collection and vice versa. I help facilitate her raggedy and Andy collection. As a matter of fact, I have, um, I have a little special place in my heart. There's these little tiny raggedy and Andy dolls you can find. Um, so I have a little special place in my heart for the little tiny ones. Uh, so those are my favorites. Uh, but yes, George is right. And when they first came down, I warned them. It wasn't a surprise. I said, Hey, just so you know, uh, this is what your bedroom looks like. If you're not comfortable, you need to find a hotel. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it wasn't, it was, it was, a, it was like, we have some Raggedy Ann and Andy stuff. It wasn't like we have all of it, everything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We do. Um, and man, if it's, if it's unique, like we have a cutoff at this point, I am not allowed to buy any more Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls, um, unless there's something super special about them. Uh, so, because we have so many now, if it's, there's like a really cool Raggedy Ann and Andy thing, then I'm totally allowed to buy it um, and bring it home because I get excited about it for her. I like, you know, bringing her joy and, uh, you know, vice versa. And it's part of our, you know, why our relationship works so well. Uh, but as far as adventures, yeah, especially during COVID-19, 
Um, I mean, we've always been adventurous together, but this has really um, given us uh, fuel to just get out of the house, get away from people Mm -hmm. and go enjoy life and um, enjoy, you know, things we've taken for granted that are around us all these years. And that's one thing I I realized right away about um, going to visit Roanoke Island. I I live in North Carolina. I've lived in North Carolina since I was eight years old. Um, We moved here way back in the day. And I've never been to the Wright Brothers Memorial. I've learned about it in school. I've seen pictures of it. I've been to the beach. I've been to the Outer Banks. But I've never bothered going to the Wright Brothers Memorial. I've never bothered going to Roanoke Island. Um, and shame on me for for ignoring these wonderful historical parks and, and learning centers and just works of beauty, if I'm being perfectly honest, that are available to us completely free. Um that we've taken for granted. So, you know, th- it got me out to see that. Um, we live here in the mountains now, and we've lived in the mountains of North Carolina for going on 10 years. And yeah, we, we like to get out and uh, go hiking, swimming, camping, but there are a lot of really cool areas that we've just never bothered exploring because we could always say, hey, we can do that tomorrow. Um, yeah. And so we've taken it for granted. And, you know, with everything that's going on now, who knows, you know, where everything's going. So we're taking full advantage of everything we can, why we can. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we found waterfalls. We found great swimming holes and rivers. And I know that sounds so backwoods. I found a swimming hole in a river. But, man, you haven't lived until you just hike a river and then fall into a pool of water and just take it yeah. for what it is and, yeah. and swim and enjoy it. Um, so, yeah. So I- I, I think you brought up a good point that people seem to miss. That's something that the secret teaches us is that you have to sort of live life now. There's so much in the secret that we know about that's gone from the eighties, right. you know? So you learn really quickly. Like if you wait, you will miss things. It, it creates a sense of urgency. Oh, I've got to go see this before it changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, I've posted a few things to the group that I've enjoyed watching. I found on Facebook, a channel where this guy goes, um, and he visits uh, move, movie filming locations, places where movies were filmed. So like he did The Goonies, he did Back to the Future, um, and a lot of other movies. And it's just, you know, it's really interesting to see how much things change over time, um, just, you know, in, in that forefront. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about adventures and um, how this is uh, you know, brought us closer together, my wife is an art historian. She actually just finished her master's, um, and she's applying to do- doctorate programs around the world. Um, super, super proud of her, super excited about that. And what's um, really cool is because of her education and her bringing me into that, I've learned to appreciate art in a way that I never would have. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Um, we went to the Louvre and I walked to the end of the aisle and sat and waited for her because I don't appreciate art the way I should um, like she does. Um, so um, she has a much, uh, finer and higher appreciation of art than I do, but I went from zero appreciation of art to, uh, in finding the type of art that I enjoy personally. And I like to, to, um, take in, um, and that wasn't there before. And because of her, I have that. And I really appreciate that. Um, like fantasy arts. I mean, I know I've always loved, um, you know, dragons, knights, um, you know, heavy metal magazine. Um, but I never looked at it as art um until you know she helped me find that appreciation and so whenever i learned about john jude palancar um and his work um we actually you know speaking of adventures that we went on 
um you know we went to and, and you and rachel um you know joined us and you know we had a great trip to um ohio and to see john jude pile and cars work um and it was absolutely breathtaking to get to see that art in person and you know really get to appreciate it um yeah. especially yeah I, I had no idea it was going to be there but my absolute favorite john jude palancar piece is called becoming human um and it just it says a lot to me about humanity and society um and i'm probably reading into it but that's you know what art is for um the viewer you know sees what they see and, and perceives what they perceive and feels what they feel um and that just really really um tugs at me um and it was there and it was amazing um to to get to go and see that art with the artists ask questions about it um so you know that's another adventure that because of the secret uh, my wife and i got to go on and, and enjoy and we got to spend that time with with dear friends um so absolutely the secrets uh, taking us on lots of adventures that we otherwise would have never been on all right so enough about your relationship with Laura. Let's talk about the, the the truly important relationship in your life. Let's talk about ours. Um, we've told mm -hmm. the story of how we first met. We've told it sort of from 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 my. Uh, so okay, just for people who haven't heard before, I'm going to tell the story of how we met from 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 my view. But then I want to hear it from yours. All okay. right. So uh, I randomly wanted to go to Roanoke one day. Uh, I had already been to Roanoke, but I wanted to go back and I wanted to check out. A very specific spot at the overlook and bradley uh we we had we had talked a decent amount but we weren't super close um but i knew i thought that he lived because he was posting a lot about roanoke so i thought he lived really closely and i sent him i i, I thought he lived really close to roanoke so i sent him a message and i was like hey man i'm going to roanoke this weekend do you want to join me um we're gonna stay at the elizabethan inn we'll, we're just gonna hang out all weekend feel free to come up and he was like yeah dude i'd love to uh so what I thought was going to be an hour trip from him was actually a longer trip than it took me. It took me like eight hours to get there. It took you something like 10. Um, so, and I found this out while I was sitting in a parking lot at 2 AM waiting for a guy who I had never met, who is super into puzzles. And uh, he drove 10 hours to meet me. Uh, we wandered around and talked for a little while. Uh, his wife told me that if we found or told him that if we found a cast, she was supposed to throat punch. He was supposed to throat punch me and then steal it and run away. Um, so that's my experience. It was it, it was a little weird, but it, it formed this great relationship that that I I appreciate so much. I mean, honestly, Bradley, you're, you're one of my best friends and and you wouldn't be if it wasn't for that trip. Um, so while it started a little like, eh, I'm waiting in a parking lot at 2 a.m. for this dude. Uh, it ended amazing. But how was that from your perspective? What was it like to just get a random text from a dude and be like, hey, you want to meet me at a parking lot at 2 a.m. in Roanoke? Well, I mean, that's um, that's my modus operandi. So um, that's just what I do. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I was a, I was a fanboy. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, my wife and I discovered the puzzle, uh, the, the podcast while we were on that vacation. Um, you know, I was listening to every episode. I was just waiting for a new episode to air. Like uh, I could not wait, you know, and I'm sure I messaged you guys a million times. When's the next one coming? When's the next one coming? Um, when are you guys going to do Roanoke? Um, and so, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit of a fanboy, and, um, you know, given any reason to, to go back, um, to Roanoke Island, absolutely, you know, look at this, especially with somebody I, um, held in high regard. Um, and, 
you know, I, I don't uh, put people on a pedestal very easily, uh, but, you know, listening to the conversations um, that you and JM had uh, through the podcast and seeing uh, your interactions on the Facebook page, uh, you know, really built a sense of uh, trust, a sense of knowledge, a sense of adventure. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm cool to meet this person. Um, I think that they'd be a cool person to hang out with. And I want a picture with George Ward. Who doesn't? So, um, you know, I, I talked to him over with my wife and she's like, I share it. You want to go meet this stranger? And it's like, you know, he seems really cool. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll be safe. Uh, uh, and I, it, it, I'll be honest, I didn't realize how long it was. I was so excited um, about just going out there and just treasure hunting because, I, yes, I've always loved puzzles, but I've never considered myself a treasure hunter. Um, so just the idea of, I'm going to be a treasure hunter, um, you know, was, was thrilling. Um, so it's, I was, it's different, right? It's, yeah. it's like when you go with your family, it's one thing when you, when you go with your sitting up other and you're just looking for clues, but when you go with somebody else, like when you meet up in a group of treasure hunters, it's a different, it's a, it's whole, a whole different, different vibe. Experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it really, it really like brings Goonies to life and makes it real. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's the easiest way I can put it. Um, so I was stoked. Um, I got in the car and I'm, you know, the adrenaline's pumping and I'll be honest, it didn't seem like a long drive to me at all, but, um, uh, I, it was, and, uh, I felt <laughs> once I realized how late I was going to be getting there, I felt terrible because I knew, um, that you're, you know, waiting on a stranger. And so I dealt with it the same way I deal with anything. I deflect with humor. So I, um, <laughs> realized I was going to be crossing like alligator, um, it was like alligator river and um so there's the whole joke about the alligators and you so i sent you a screenshot of that um and yeah. then your response uh i don't know if you remember not but your response was okay i'm leaving um <laughs> <laughs> i was like damn i i didn't mean to piss him off um no damn my bad um you know just kidding uh but uh for a second there i was like oh, i screwed up my chances um uh, just trying to be funny man have a sense of humor um <laughs> And I get there and there you are sitting down on the curb, reading a book under a streetlight. And, um, I was like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's adventure. Um, and, and there, and we did, and it was fun. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously we're, we're, I'm great, great friends now. Um, I consider you one of my closest friends as well. And, uh, heck I would come close to saying my closest friend to be perfectly honest this day and age. Um, and yeah, obviously our personalities mesh well or else we wouldn't be friends. Yeah. So the, that speaks for us. You know, we had a great time while we were there and uh, we've had great times in all our other adventures. Yeah. So that was, that was the trip where we met the ghost. That was yes. probably the creepiest experience I've ever had. Yes. Um, treasure hunting. Uh, so if you, if you don't know the Elizabethan gardens or not, I'm sorry, if you don't know Fort Raleigh, um, cause we didn't break into the Elizabethan gardens. I promise. We if didn't. you don't know Fort Raleigh, imagine a really old, uh, forest with an old looking sort of like wooden fort in the middle of it, uh, with no lights. There's no lights out there at all. There's, there's little dim markers that mark a, a concrete path. But once you get away from that, it's just pitch black. So we're wandering around the Harriet trail and we're wandering around the, uh, the the uh the the park and then we decide hey let's go check out the theater uh, so we walk to the waterside theater and 
everything's quiet, everything's dark, and there's no lights anywhere, and we're just talking. And all of a sudden, we just hear the deepest, creepiest voice, just somebody go, hello. And we look up, and there's like a seven-foot-tall ghost in the middle of this theater just staring at us. It was the creepiest thing I've ever experienced. It, it absolutely was. My heart just sank. Um, like, I... <laughs> you you so, always expect you're going to be like the badass when that happens, but uh-huh. I was just like stuck in fear, going, "Hi, how are you? Don't kill us." Pretty much, um, yeah. My my reaction to that moment was, "Oh, hello," and then just <laughs> go, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> exactly. It was Virginia Dare's dad. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's what it seemed yeah. like. So let's see what else. Uh, what else happened during that trip? that we could talk about so we almost was that the same trip where we almost got arrested no no that was that was the second 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 trip there yeah yeah that was the trip where well i i guess i almost got arrested twice because i got a speeding or not a speeding ticket i got a ticket for running a red light and for an expired tag um do you want to talk about how we almost got arrested or should we save that and just not because you know legal reasons um, well, I mean, we didn't do anything illegal. Um, that's, that was the crazy thing. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to get arrested, I prefer it be for me actually doing something illegal and, uh, we weren't doing anything illegal. Um, we talked, uh, I talked to, so as I mentioned in the previous story, um, when my wife and I were at the Elizabethan gardens, uh, we met a gentleman who presented himself as to being the person who was over the Elizabethan gardens. I don't have any idea what his name was, uh, but he was the one that we were sent to because we ask, um, we ask about the gates because honestly, we really were curious about what the fate of this gate was going to be because we thought it was much, much older than it was. Um, we didn't realize that it's really in the grand scheme of things, not that old. Um, yeah. So uh, the person who was working had no idea. So they took us to this guy and he was like, oh, we talked about it. We've decided we're just going to let it go. Um, you know, it has no historical significance. It's not worth the money to try and rebuild. We're just going to let it go um and so we ask you know so like whatever happens it happens so he's like yeah so i took that to mean okay well you know if a piece of wood falls off of it um who cares it's a souvenir for the taking um (laughs) so that is apparently not the case um (laughs) as tried to take advantage of the souvenir uh, which has no historical significance and no value to anybody other than keeping metal nails out of the ocean um and as to, so, so to get to the gate, you can either go through the Elizabethan Gardens, pay admission, and um, I mean, you can't anymore, obviously, but you used to be able to walk down the colony path and uh, get to the colony walk, I think it's called, and then you get to the um, the gate at the end and you know, opens up the ocean. Well, now the gate's pretty much gone, so you could either get to it that way and climb over the cliff, uh, it's a small cliff, but I'm gonna call it cliff, um, or you can go through Fort Raleigh, walk out to the beach, walk up the beach, and it's right there on the beach. Um, so that's what it did and picked up a piece of wood. And apparently somebody thought we were trying to steal something of, of historical significance called the park rangers, which good on them, uh, the park rangers, because they were very responsive and they're yeah, protective of their property. Um, and so as we're walking to the vehicle with the piece of wood, um, they come up and they're like, you know, what is that? Where did that come from? I explained to them the whole story, um, which 100% of it was true. Uh, they said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to um, well, take the, oh, first they want to check the trunk. 
Um, and in the trunk, we had a metal detector, not because we were metal detecting at Fort Raleigh, but because we were metal detecting at a whole different place where it was perfectly legal for a whole different treasure hunt. And, uh, but the metal detector was there and we had learned at that point, you are not allowed to have batteries in a metal detector on a federal park. Um, so that's the first time we learned that. Um, but we, you know, we, we, and I'm sure he didn't believe a word we were saying, but we were telling him the truth. Um, that, that we weren't metal detecting. That it wasn't why we had that. That wasn't what the shovel was for. Cause it wasn't, it was for the other treasure hunt we were hunting. Um, uh, all literally all we were doing was picking up this piece of wood that had fallen off the gate at the, um, you know, at the ocean edge. Um, and he said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And he took down all our information and he took the wood back and he said, I'm going to reach out to them. And if they say it's okay, I'll call you back and let you know, and you can come back and get it. I was like, okay, cool. And I honestly expected a phone call. Um, and I never got one. Um, except, uh, later whenever other things happened, um, that we were not involved in. Um, but, uh, I never got a phone call about that piece of wood, which was, um, kind of sad, but that's, uh, so yeah. Giving, giving, giving the park rangers, our contact information was both a blessing and a curse because they eventually found out we were part of the secret podcast. So now anytime anything happens in that park, we're the first people they call. And I've been threatened with arrests over stuff that I, I I was in Florida at the time. I had no idea what's going on. Um, so please stop causing trouble at Fort Raleigh because we get calls. We do. And they're, I, I, I can't express the amount of security they now have. Um, it's oh God. for a natural park. There's a lot of tech in this park. They yeah. know when you're there, they know what you're doing and they know who you are. Stop it. So what some people don't know about Fort Raleigh is, especially in the Overlook area, there, uh, there's been a couple of archaeological digs in that area, and they found some significant things that they think they know. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you where it is, because I'd rather you think it's everywhere. But right in that area are two home sites from, the, the, from Virginia Dare times um, that they are very, very, very protective of. Um, so there are cameras, there's like seismic monitors, there's all kinds of stuff out there to catch you if you're doing anything. It's crazy. It is crazy. And what's even crazier is, it, and I've never lived the beach life, um, but when we went out there, there, there's people that literally will just go out there at 2 a.m. just for exercise. They'll run their dogs on the beach at 2 a.m. Like, who does this? Apparently beach yeah. people. Yeah, apparently beach people do it. So let's see. Um, let's talk about what draws you into the secret talked about some adventures is there is there just sort of off the record is there anything if since we're interviewing you is there anything you want to talk about anything any questions i can ask that leads into something you want to say well what's interesting is um so so george reached out to me and um as as we do for each other he's like hey i want to record an episode this weekend it's like cool what what were we thinking about doing an episode on he's like um an episode you're going to be an expert on you're going to be an expert on the topic I was like, okay, well, what, what am I, what am I considered the expert on? Because uh, I don't consider myself an expert on anything. But okay, um, and he's like, well, just, just you'll know. It'll be a surprise, but you'll, you'll know what you, what, what you're talking about when you talk. Um, so I had no idea this was happening. So this is a complete surprise to me, in case uh, nobody picked up on that at the beginning. Um, but other things to talk about, um, just. One thing that I don't think we've talked about yet is not only, you know, the adventures this has brought me on um, and, you know, meeting you as a friend, but just the general, uh, not general, but the, um, the amount of people 
from the community that I've gotten to meet in person or uh, had the opportunity to communicate with, um, you know, virtually online um, and just, you know, become so, okay. So here's the weird thing about Bradley. Um, Bradley does not use the friend word lightly. Um, he doesn't. Uh, so I don't have like a lot of people that I call friends. Um, so, and, and that offends some people. I don't know why. Um, but there's a lot of really cool people that I've interacted with that I, I think are awesome people, but I, I, don't call them friends. And I'm sorry for that. Um, and you've probably sent me, not you, George, but the, somebody in the community that's listening to this has probably sent me a friend request on Facebook and I haven't accepted it because I don't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, the only people I'm friends with on Facebook are people that um, I have either met in person or that um, I've had long conversations with. Um, and, uh, you know, I've collaborated with and Honestly, at this point, I don't use Facebook as a social medium so much now as I do just for the secret. Um, I I prefer to keep my social life in real world, um, and so that's you know that's what I do. Um, so that's just a weird weird um, thing about Bradley. Maybe it's because of the age I grew up in. I don't know. Like I said, I don't even know how to really use Instagram. Um, but the people I've met through this process um, and and through these adventures. Uh, I would never met otherwise, and I'm very, very happy to have met them um, and to you know share a small part of our lives together for you know what we have. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. one of the things one of the things that we did was uh, we started doing these meetups, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I fly across the country to San Francisco to do our very first meetup. We thought maybe three people would show up, right? We thought it was going to be me, you, uh, Matt Sparks. And uh, maybe like two other people from San Francisco. And it ended up what being like 35, 40 people showed up to this thing that we had announced two or three weeks earlier. It was a lot. Uh, So it was Rachel's birthday. And I I spent uh, the first day there just hanging out with Rachel. And Bradley, you met met up with a lot of, uh, you met up with several hunters and went on sort of an adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. It was was a a lot of fun. Um, So exactly. Yeah, George was um, spending, and, so I was spending the birthday time with Rachel and uh, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, you know, th- this person, this person, this person are out hunting. Um, and he helps, you know, connect us. And I got to spend time with Anthony. Um, I got to spend time with Caroline. Um, I got to spend time with Nick. I got to spend time with seeds. Um, I got to spend time with, you know, several people and it was great to get out there get to meet new people. Um, you know, get to share ideas together and just have fun and just live life. Um, and by the way, Anthony, you still owe me my penny press from Coit Tower. Um, and that's another fun thing that my wife and I do. Anytime we go somewhere on an adventure, we look for penny presses uh, and, and make sure we collect a penny and put it in our little collection. And uh, Anthony said he was going to mail me back the phone charger that I left in his car and my uh, penny press from there that I forgot to get. And I haven't gotten either one. So, Anthony, I know where you live. <laughs> that's something awesome <laughs> about the secret right like i know forest Fen has the fenbury but most treasure hunts don't bring people together like this like people flew out from new york just to hang out with each other and you know wander around parks just you know to have that experience of treasure hunting together that's something that the secret brings that most puzzles just don't bring that sense of community and that sense of friendship it's it's an it's an awesome thing to see to to know that one little crappy book that didn't sell 10,000 copies in 1982 could 40 years later bring people together in, in that way. Here's a fun story in a story. 
so Caroline, uh, Nick, Anthony, George, and I are checking out spots in San Francisco um, and, and, you know, rummaging through our ideas and um, you, just figuring things out. And we go through a park, a garage park, and a parking garage, and there's this dude who's just like looking around kind of aimlessly. And we're like, are you looking for something? And he was looking for a geocache that was on supposedly this level. And so all of us immediately go, well, what are the hints? What does it look like? What are we? And we're all, all of a sudden just on a dime helping this man find a geocache um, because that's what we do. Um, it, it was so much fun. It was just a puzzle in a puzzle. It was awesome. What, what is your, what is your favorite memory of, of either meeting or talking to a hunter? Um, because in, in our position, I mean, we, we meet a lot of people, right? A lot of people reach out. A lot of people want to get together. What is your favorite memory? I have so many. Um, I, I, the one that immediately, I'm just gonna say the one that first popped in my mind. And like I said, I have so many, so it's really hard to pick a favorite, but one day randomly I got a package in the mail. I was like, what is this? And so I open it and it's a little surprise package um, from a young man who lives in Jacksonville and he does stop motion picture uh, videos with Legos. Um, and I met uh, his family at the St. Augustine meetup and he does some really cool like fossil hunting and has a lot of really cool hobbies. He's in a band. Um, he's a cool little dude. And he sent me a pouch like this really cool pouch that matches so i have a, a treasure hunting bag which is another thing george and i have in common um we have hunt bags hunt packs whatever you want to call them uh, we put patches on them we customize them they're a lot of fun um but he sent me this little uh like satchel or uh, i don't know what to call it um that attaches to the bag so when i find things i have a place to put them um so like when i go to the river i take that with me when i find rocks that i really like um or i find treasures like even if i just find a golf ball i have a place to put it um, yeah. and he also sent me, uh, I hope I say this right, a dugong fossil piece, which is like a, yep. um, an early, um, sea cow, um, what are they yeah, called? Manatee. Manatees. Manatee. Yeah. Um, and some other cool treasures and just a little note that said that, um, you know, he enjoyed the show and that he appreciates us. And, um, it just, you know, I, I cried a little bit, um, cause I was so appreciative and it just really, you know, warmed my heart and, you know, it's just little things, um, little connections that you make with people uh, that's, that make this thing so fantastic. Um, and so, you know, that's just the first thing that came to mind. Um, but there's been so many, you know, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah. I could probably pick your favorite memory. Yeah. I remember this random, uh, you, you, me, me and you were hanging out and this random guy asked us out to dinner. That was probably a favorite memory. You want to talk about that? The guy that randomly asked us out to dinner. Hmm. Let me think. Uh, was his initials two the same? One difference? The first two are the same? Uh, James, um, Jack, John, John. It was John Jude Palancar. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a really that good was one most nervous i've ever been in my entire life you and me both yeah it was um you know so we're, we're at the art show and um just taking in all the amazing art and talking to him about his pieces and um 
we we set a rule before we went that we were not going to bring up the secret. Um, yeah, that it was not going to be spoken of. The words "the secret" will not come out of our mouths. We are there for John's art, and that is it. And that's why we went. Um, and at one point, uh, it came out, and John was like, well, "Don't you guys have like that podcast or something?" Um, I think Kit had yeah. told him. And uh, he's like, "Well, I'd love to just sit down and talk with you guys." And he invited us to dinner. Um, yeah, yeah. At first, amazing. At first, it was at first it was coffee. We were gonna uh-huh, have coffee right. the next day. We were gonna meet with Kit at mm-hmm. Starbucks. Kit and John, and then Kit had to do a podcast with his friend. And John was like, "Well, why don't why don't you guys just come out to dinner?" Um, so we go to this little diner, and I God, I think I had like three al- alcoholic beverages just to calm down. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Well, and then we found out he didn't drink. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, so a little bit of backstory. So I mentioned earlier that my wife um, is an art historian um, and she's working on entering a doctorate program. She just finished up her master's and she um, uh, one of her classes, um, she actually studied some of John's work. And so I was like, well, I can reach out. This is when John used to have a website and he had an email address um, that was public. And I was like, I could reach out to him and see if, you know, you can meet him and talk to him about his work he, he from the videos i've seen online at him at conventions and his interview on eu he seems like a friendly guy so i reached out to him um and uh, actually laura reached out to him um but i gave her the information and uh, it was amazing he was like yeah let's meet for coffee i'll bring my portfolio um we'll go through some work i'll answer any questions you have um and he just made himself super accessible um so i mean he's genuinely a really, really nice dude. Um, and you should add, you should add the footnote though. There was something he put in there that he, Oh, and he said, he said, and if you have any intention of asking anything about the secret, don't bother. We won't meet because that's off the table. Um, and he made it very clear. It actually was much more blunt than that. Um, (laughs) he was, it was clear and obvious and honest. And, um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's kind of where this whole thing started because that's when I found out he was, um, was going to have a show because, uh, you know, he was like, well, why don't you come up and see my work? I'm going to be having a, a viewing, um, an opening night. I'll be there. And uh, so we're like, yeah, yeah, I want to <laughs> see your work. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what got the whole ball rolling. Um, so, you know, super appreciative, uh, you know, for having that experience. But, yeah, you invite us to dinner. Um, the food was amazing. The conversation was awesome. Uh, it's, funny dude. It's, it's super funny yeah. dude. It's weird when you have like heroes, like John yeah. Jude Palancar, it's, it's no stretch to say he's everyone's hero. Right. And you, like you were saying before, when you have heroes, you put them on this super high pedestal and John Jude Palancar walks through the diner and he sits down at the table next to you across from me. He looks at the waitress and he ordered a fatty melt. And like, as soon as John Jude Palancar uses a dad joke and brings himself off of that pedestal, it, it just, it, it blows your mind and rocks your world. And it set the tone for that dinner. Yeah, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. He was funny. He was genuine. Um, he was honest and to the point as well. Um, he had no, no uh, qualms sharing his opinion on arts and um, his favorite artists, his artists that he thinks are total garbage, um, total total genres of art that he thinks um are a waste of time uh it was it was just really really cool to sit and have those conversations and to and 
to see him and uh, my wife interact and talk about things that I, I'll be honest, at the time didn't understand and had to ask her later to clarify for me. Um, <laughs> was uh, I loved it. I loved it when he was like, there's two types of art. There's real artists and then there's people who cover sofas and grass. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk to John, don't talk to him about modern art at all. No, no, he despises modern <laughs> art. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that, that was a very special uh, trip uh, made even more special by that dinner. No question about that. So you've taken a lot of trips. Like we've already talked about after, after that Cleveland trip, we, uh, we did the meetup in St. Augustine um, where you hung out with John Frazier, hung out with Brian Zinn, hung out with Nadine yeah. and Kim, uh, got to hold a cast. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was nice to, so I, I work with um, Brian and Nadine and Kim um, in a, uh, a little private group and um, it was really nice to put a face and a voice with the um, with the conversations um, yeah. they they all three I mean every everybody everybody at the dinner including you know the Fraser family um, were all just super super kind super super smart um, I mean just the genius level that I was sitting around blew my mind uh, I've always considered myself a smart person um, and then I meet new people and I realize that I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, just super smart, super friendly, super generous people. Um, yeah. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't ask to be a better company. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, just to meet somebody like John and talk about something like the fountain of youth from his perspective as the owner who grew up with it, um, was a real treat. Uh, cause you know, that's sure you go and visit these places and you learn about the history, but to learn about the history of the park from, from him was, was fantastic, yeah. um, to have those conversations and, um, you know, just to learn those little intricacies, um, to, <laughs> he, uh, redid the recording of the, um, the, the globe show. And so we got to sit down with him and watch it with him for the first time. Um, and you know, it's just, you feel like you're at a premiere in Hollywood. It was really yeah, cool with, with his director's commentary over it. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, there was something at that dinner that I realized just sitting there, me, you, Nadine, Kim, Brian's in especially, and, and John, uh, something that's different about the secret rather than like force fin is, you know, force fin's worth like $2 million or whatever. Right. Um, so with the hunters, there's a bit of of ego and a bit of um, secrecy. Everybody's sort of on guard and the secret's worth nothing, right? These casks are worth nothing. They're essentially flower pots that are buried in the ground. These gems, maybe you get one, maybe you don't, maybe it's worth 500 bucks. Maybe it's worth a thousand, whatever. It's, it's of no value. There is no, and, and because there's no value, people's egos aren't attached to this. So the people that you meet when you're out hunting, are people who aren't in the treasure hunt for fame. They're not in the treasure hunt for fortune. They're not in the treasure hunt for ego. They're in it because they're genuinely curious. Uh, they, they, they love learning about things. So you end up meeting genuine people, kind and, and, and kind, sweet, um, friendly people. For I don't think part. I've, yeah, well, I've, yeah, I've met a couple <laughs> of people who are a little weird, but, but that's, that, to me, that's the, that's the treasure of the secret, right? Is the, the people that you, Oh yeah. There's no question about it. Absolutely. And I, and I brought that up to, um, to Josh Gates. Uh, uh, I had opportunity to go to Charlotte and see his, um, his live show. 
uh, he was touring and it wasn't so much about Ep- expedition Un- unknown obviously he touched on it um but he he did a live tour and it was more about you know the adventure of life um and he had a, a, a some really fun puzzling twists uh it was really hilarious is uh, uh he was talking about ghosts versus yetis um and he got there in a in a very uh, strategic way and asked the audience you know who believes in ghosts who believes in yetis and he's like seriously like you believe there's dead people walking among you before you believe that there's just a species that hasn't yet been discovered okay um <laughs> so you know the, he's got a great sense of humor uh and uh, i got to ask him because he took uh, questions from the audience i unfortunately didn't uh find out about it in time to get a vip ticket and have a real one-on-one with him uh, but i got to ask him about that because you know a lot of you know i've talked about it before on the podcast a lot of people talk about his show and how you know he doesn't find what he's looking for most of the time and because of that there's 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 no treasure found and and i completely disagree with that i'm in your i'm in your um your your boat with the 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 treasure here is the experiences that we're having it's the people that we're meeting it's the friends that we're making um it's life you know we're living life in the best way possible and that is the treasure and i explained to him that was my perspective about it and i feel like you know he's had he's found so much treasure um, you know, just watching all these adventures he's been on and, uh, he, he agreed. Um, and he also made it a point that, uh, while he hasn't found a lot of things that he's been looking for, he's found other really amazing things while he's looking for these other things. Um, and he's absolutely right about that, but, um, he agrees, uh, with us as well that, you know, just the, the people that you're meeting, the experiences that you're having, um, living life in the best possible way you can. Um, that's the treasure. Absolutely. All right, so we can't we can't have a secret podcast without talking some kind of secret, right? Uh-huh. Um, so when you first started, you were mainly focused on Roanoke, like most people. That's the one's closest to you, right? It is. Um, it was it was by far your favorite puzzle. Is it still your favorite city for your your favorite puzzle? It is. Um, for one thing, just the artwork. It's my favorite piece of art, um, regardless of how close it is to me, regardless of how solvable it is. Um, I think is stunning. Um, it's a beautiful piece of art. Um, and it catches my eye far more than any of the other images. Um, I'd say a close second would be Boston. Um, and then San Francisco after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just partial to the art piece itself. One of the first things I did when I had the opportunity was, um, when you, when you did the high res scans of the book and post them at 12 treasures.com, um, uh, actually, you know, it was before that, um, I was lucky enough to get my hands on one f- from somebody else that was proofing them. And I don't think you even thought you knew that I had it and you knew that how I got it because there was one image missing. And I was like, I've got 2011 of them. I have no idea where the 12th one is and why I didn't get it. And you're like, I know why you didn't get it. Cause I didn't give that person the 12th one, um, which is really funny. Uh, but the, if I ran a stable, I actually did that while we were in, um, while we were in uh, Roanoke, I ran to Staples and had an image printed um, and put it on my wall because I just wanted to look at it just because it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely still my favorite um, just because I think I spent the most time with it. I, I've learned the most from it. I've had the most positive experiences with it. Um, you know, it's been a bigger part of my life than the other puzzles. Um, I enjoy the other puzzles. Uh, there's some that I have not even considered that I haven't even glanced at. Um so like for instance houston um i have no clue 
I know what other people post, but I've never sat down and, and mold through Houston myself. Um, St. Augustine, um, you know, because of the time that we spent down there with, with everybody, um, the whole crew, uh, I, you know, I have a special place in my heart for the St. Augustine puzzle. And I really want you to be able to find that, um, kind of like how I, I, you know, want my wife to be happy and, and support her in any way I can to bring happiness. Um, same thing with my friends, you know, I, I want you to be able to find this cast in St. Augustine because I know how much joy that would bring you. Um, so, you know, anything I can do to help with that, that puzzle, obviously I, I want to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that answered your question. Yeah. Well, fun, fun thing is uh, I met a hunter today who's interested in St. Augustine and he's been around, he's been coming to town uh, maybe once a month and he's got some really good ideas that I'd never thought of. And I worked out with him today uh, to do an episode of the podcast. So coming soon will be a St. Augustine episode with that guy. I don't want to give out his name yet because you know, people, people hound him, but it's going to be pretty interesting. And there's a lot of stuff I had never even considered that he's found. And a lot of stuff I've been looking for that, that he was able to locate. So, well, here's some exciting news. Um, so I am as of tomorrow at about four o'clock and I'm unemployed. Um, and it was my choice. Um, it's my, uh, my employer, uh, so I managed in, uh, in a retail environment and my state in, uh, I don't want to make this political, so please don't start throwing political posts, but this is just the action that I took and it's not a political action. It's a safety of my family action. Um, COVID has been ramping up significantly in, in, uh, the town we live in and the States, uh, the governor made a mandate uh, that if you're in a public business, you need to be wearing a mask to protect yourself and others. And so this is a perfect opportunity, in my opinion, for a retail environment to, to not take the blame um, and not have to take the political fire of um, requiring face masks of their customers. And my company chose not to do that. They chose to put up signs and then just let customers do whatever they want, um, which I felt was putting my family and those I interact with, my family and friends in danger. So I quit my job um, and I'm not sad about it. So no sympathy posts. Um, but if you have a job opportunity, Hey, I'm all ears, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, um, after tomorrow I can come down to St. Augustine and, um, I can help out with those, uh, those fun things. I'll go past that, man. I'll make it political for you in Florida. COVID's rampant right now. And I personally know six people who have died. Put on your masks. You know, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. And I, I agree. So, so since we're taking it, there's, there are some reasons not to wear a mask. I get it. Some people literally can't get somebody yeah. else to go to the store for you. If yeah. you live around here, call me, I'll go to the store for you. Find a friend. A thing. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah. So anyway. let's get off that box. Yeah. So, uh, Roanoke was your, what, was what brought you in. Um, mm -hmm. and Roanoke sort of is your, your one true love. Um, you, your first trip out there, you were focused on the gate. Yes. Uh, you were focused on the Watergate. Have you changed that opinion? Man, uh, so yes and no. Um, so the Watergate was and still is one of the possible solves that I feel strongly about. Um, I have I, I have a willingness to consider more than one spot and feel strongly about more than one spot. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. Um, and so it would be ignorant of me to say it's there and I know it's there and I don't care what anybody else says. I know it's there. Um, I got a good feeling it was, or is somewhere in that spot. Um, and I've got two other spots that I feel pretty good about. Oh uh, no, sorry. Three, three other spots I feel really good about. Um, one is one that, uh, 
you know, we've looked at uh, uh, one point or another. Um, and another one is one that we've talked about. And yes, um, for those who uh, think that, oh, well, Boston's a one-off with a sports theme. I don't think it is. Um, I think there's some really good reasons to believe that there's a baseball theme in this one too. Um, and there's some other hunters that do, and we've shared some ideas and, um, I'm on board with that. And, um, there's another just random park, um, that's very small, uh, very, um, it's, it's, there's not a lot actually there whatsoever, but it's not far from Fort Raleigh. Um, and it'd be super easy just to pull in and bury something and go about your business and, and nobody have any idea. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got some new places I want to check out next time I go down there, which, uh, will hopefully be sooner than later, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were thinking about doing the next meetup in New York, but mm-hmm. uh, we were talking recently about doing it a little closer, maybe doing it at Roanoke, right? Trying to get some of the Rangers out there. And yeah. since there's no, uh, since there's no um, nothing going on at the theater, maybe we can reserve that for a, for a meetup. Yeah, absolutely. And the Rangers there, I know I've said this before, guys, but the Rangers there are so cool. They're so nice. They're yeah. so friendly, so knowledgeable. Um, so until you bring out a metal detector, don't yeah, you? yeah, don't bring out a metal detector, don't bring out a shovel, obviously. But um, you go there, ask questions, man. Um, learn and and just have fun with them. Look for uh, look for uh, Byron, um, Brian, By- Brian Price, Brian is that his name? It's, it's Byron Preston. Brian Preston, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Byron Preston. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. Yeah, he uh, he from what I understand, he um, he swings. He goes. He's <laughs> that sounds different. Than- that uh it, during the uh the the, the winter <laughs> it's, during the winter he's in colorado and during the summer he's in roanoke or yeah. vice versa one of those two a lot of rangers i mean they, they 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 live at these parks that's what they do um the we learned from a lighthouse keeper in one of the lighthouses in the outer banks that's she goes from season to season um and she lives at the parks and that's her job and they give her a stipend for food and she takes care of the park that's cool I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's cool, but oh, it's super cool, dude! It's so cool. <laughs> you, would want to, you would want to live at a lighthouse? I don't think I could do the seclusion. No, oh, yeah, I totally could. I don't. I don't. Uh, it, <laughs> this may go with the whole me being cl- close to the vest with the word friend. I don't like people in general. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It's like the friendliest guy on Facebook. <laughs> Humankind has not been um, has not impressed me uh, throughout my life, uh, but there's no reason to be mean, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I I still am friendly, and uh, it, it it's funny because I said this whenever I first um, became a member of a smaller group, and I was like, hey, just so you guys know, like this is kind of some things about me. One of the things is, is um, you know, I'm blunt, I'm to the point, I'm really nice, but if you piss me off, you're gonna know about it. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just like nicely say, oh, ha, 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 that's funny. I don't like that. I'll be like, no, that's that's not okay. And this is why yeah. it's not okay. Um, that's just the personality you have. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that in our mod conversation. So anytime anything happens on Facebook, there's a mod conversation about it. And Bradley's always the blunt one. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. There's <laughs> no beating around the bush. No, no, no so and so is a jackass let's do this um but no i mean yeah just in general and there's no reason to be mean to people um 
so yeah, I, I try to be nice. And um, usually when you're nice to people, people are nice to you and they're nice to other people. Um, paying it forward, I guess it's called. Uh, goodwill does goodwill. And so there you go. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? Since this is your show? Oh, geez. Um, I have no... Man, I'm not the, the spotlight kind of guy. I mean, I I was a theater major. So, you know, give me a script and I'll put on a show. But uh, just uh, ask me to talk about myself. That's... Uh, gosh. Um, let's see. Can I talk to Laura? Yeah, you can talk to Laura. Hold on a second. Let me take you off. Uh, I mean, can I, on, on the podcast, can I talk to Laura? Do you mind talking on the podcast for a minute? She's cautiously approaching the microphone. Okay. Hold on one second. Is that giving you any feedback? No. Okay, great. Yes. It yes, is? Yes, Major, major feedback. Major, major feedback. Okay, hold on. All right, I have no idea what's being said. Laura's wearing the headphones. Hello. Nice. Hi. Hi. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, we're about to speak to Laura, Bradley's wife. We have we have uh, muted Bradley. He can no longer speak, and he can no longer hear what we're going to say. So, Laura is an amazing woman um, who takes care of a man who does not does not deserve her. She's too good. Oh, ouch. <laughs> So Laura, you're, 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 you, you're not active on the Facebook pages. You're not active with the podcast. You're not active with any of that, right? I'm not active. Really. No, no, not really. I listen to hear my husband on the podcast and that's about it. <laughs> and I support him. How has the secret affected your life? Now I, I know Rachel, like Rachel hates it. Cause I get text messages at like two o'clock in the morning and my phone blows up and I have to meet all these people and, and I, it, 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 it interferes in our life. Um, how, how has it affected you personally? Oh, it's really different for me, but, um, I think that you just have the principal effect where everyone, you, the buck just stops with you all the time and we don't have to deal with that, but I'm an art historian. Uh, so the secret has allowed Brad and I to connect on an art level. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really love. We, um, we can talk about paintings and about, optical illusions and Trump Dorea and stuff like that, that we wouldn't have talked about years ago, but also it's just kind of heightened our sense of adventure. Um, mm -hmm. We love, we love now getting out and even if we're not looking for a treasure, we get out in nature almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, you've taken a lot of trips with Bradley. You've taken a lot of trips with me and Rachel and Bradley. You've, you've taken a lot of trips because of the secret. Mm -hmm. um, being sort of a, a, a an outsider, but you know, active. What's your favorite memory of the secret, or that's been caused by the secret? Oh wow! Um, probably the first time Brad and I ended up down in the Outer Banks, and we took the verse and we took the image and we started putting the clues together and just the realization that it's real and you can actually go and you can see it and you can find where there are just verses um, from the book that are right there in iron or stone and then you can kind of follow it along and I just remember that really there was a great sense of adventure and wonder of just feeling like you're so close Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember telling my husband, I was like, I'm not into it. I don't want to do this. Like I'll support you. And the second we got there, I was in it <laughs> and I was like this, we're going to find it. Like, it's just right here. Just one more step and we'll find it. So 
I think it just started off with a really sweet um, trip for us and just great adventure. But I grew up in North Carolina, so the 13 colonies and the the lost colony was history that I got as a kid. Mm-hmm. And Brad's from Arizona, so he didn't get that history. So it's been really fun to to kind of have that that together as well. Yeah, you get to relearn it through him and see sort of the joy that it brings him to learn something new, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in places that I would never be like, yeah, let's, let's go visit Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, like places that weren't really even on my radar. Um, and you know, I've been to St. Augustine as a child X amount of times and I could have walked right over where there's a cask and had no idea. Yeah. And so just the fact that we've been in these spaces for now 30 years and we could be sitting right next to it is really fun. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you sort of see things differently too, right? It makes yeah. you focus on the details of where you're at, which makes whatever park you're in or whatever city you're in that much more special. When I think also appreciating the immigration story of America, that's my favorite part of the entire book is that it's not just let's bury some treasure and have some fun. It's let's get to know like our history as a country and kind of who came here and who settled here I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what have Bradley's had a lot of experiences. What do you think in this puzzle? What singular thing in this puzzle do you think has brought him the most joy? In the puzzle is in the book or is in the community and everything. Oh, Oh, the most? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The people he's met and the friendships that he's created and the fact that there's this community of people who are like-minded and they're curious and they're adventurous and I love y'all, but they're a little bit nerdy um, <laughs> and they just, they like it. So uh, just seeing a community come together across, across the globe really is really, has been really great for him. So what's brought you the most joy? Oh, seeing him happy. Doe, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I like it. it. It seems like like a really healthy, exciting thing to be involved with. Um, we get excited over things together. I remember when Boston was starting to break, he came home and he had a look in his face and I just knew. I was like, they found something. Like, you just kind of like, you start to tune into each other and that's really great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was it, I guess, unless there's something you feel like needs to be said uh, about Bradley or something you feel like we should talk about about Bradley. Oh, is this like an about Bradley podcast? Yes. Oh, well, he's a Leo. His (laughs) birthday is next week. (laughs) He hates the beach. Um, Don't get that twisted. We don't like hot weather. We like cold weather. Um, (laughs) His birthday's next week on the 28th. I don't know when this will air, but his birthday's the 28th. Um, he really loves our cat, Leona. <laughs> and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. If you don't know him, you should, you should try and get to know him. He's yeah. a great guy. Well, thank you for taking my random questions. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I didn't hear the questions. I just heard the answers. They were very nice. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were very flattering. Yeah. 
So um, I don't I don't have anything else. I just wanted to uh, give everybody sort of an idea of who you were, because like Cole was talking about when he did the, the interview with me. And I guess I didn't realize it's the people who are listening. They hear our opinions all the time, but they don't know anything about us because we don't ever talk about us. So that was sort of my goal. OK, Let's so I'll give you I'll give you the elevator speech of Bradley. Um, so I am close to 40. Uh, I'm a big Ozzy Osbourne fan. Um, but I also like um, uh, country music and I uh, love Tech Nine. <laughs> I love nerd rap. Um, uh, Lex, the Lexicon artist, check her out. She's awesome. Um, video games, especially the Doom franchise. Um, Halo, the ripoff of Doom, absolutely love it. Um, let's see. I have a bachelor's degree in business administration, concentrating in management. I graduated second in my class, uh, summa cum laude. So, I'm smart, I think. Um, I love puzzles. Uh, I like. I heard my wife say uh, I definitely would consider myself nerdy, and I think that's a compliment. Uh, I love playing D and D. I have friends I play D and D with online. Um, we create our own uh, generic uh, kind of D and D type role playing uh, campaigns as well. Like right now, we're in a band called the Beavers, uh, B E V U R S, and uh, we're trying to stop this global corporation from taking over the music industry um it's a lot of fun so that's um uh, yeah i love um hunting fishing um uh outdoors anything really uh okay well hunting okay that's a lie i haven't hunted since a long time i love fishing and camping um just getting outdoors getting in in nature um yeah i, I make a mean steak on the grill um most of the time sometimes i screw it up and i feel bad about it sorry rachel um yeah that's me in a nutshell hey all right well i guess that could be the end if if there's nothing else (laughs) i guess that can be the end um thank you bradley for your commitment to the community for for all that you do for your help with the podcast thank you for being a friend we've traveled down the roads and back again your heart's true. You're a pal and a confidant. Oh yeah. That's, um, that's, um, the golden, golden girls. girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was on the tip of my tongue. I knew exactly what you were saying. Um, and you know what? I could see us, um, growing old and being stupid and fun together. So that'd be great. Uh, I have no problem with that. Yeah.